We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Podcast. Steve Bruce's Black and White Army is now official as Steve Bruce was named as the obvious replacement for hugely successful, adored and loved manager Rafa Benitez. Myself, Alex Hurst, Andy Bolland, Ben Wade and Michael Collin to talk through an appointment that a lot of us should have seen coming. Uh, and many of us didn't. Uh, the, it's obviously in true Newcastle United style, taking about six weeks to get him over the line. Um, and they still probably haven't even done that because I think Chef Wed's still expecting to turn up for training tomorrow. But more of that to come. More of that to come on this joyous podcast on this fantastic, lovely day. Uh, thanks to all our patrons who still support us for about seven seven quid a month uh, for loads of extra podcasts. We've got Rob out in China at the minute and uh, Norman and Mike across in South America talking to former players like Mirandinha, Christian Bazardis and hopefully more on the platform at the minute. But let's let's jump straight into it. Mickey, I think you're the most angry out of this, so I'll come to you first. Steve Bruce is Newcastle United manager. What do you make of it? So it's a it's a mixture of, of anger and disillusionment that you've got from me. Um, on this podcast that we, we all probably thought we would never record, um, Steve Bruce is Newcastle United manager. What? How do you even start talking about how bad an appointment this is I mean you know you're going to come into it in a second Alex and and argue that he's done a decent job in certain places the majority of Whoa, his career spoilers. Has been, he's, he's been at best average in poor sides and at worst fucking dreadful at what he does and none of none of his previous achievements none of his qualifications nothing he's ever done in football qualifies him to manage a club of this size and that's why no other club of this size has gone near him with a fucking barge pole because it's absolutely absurd to give someone so shit at managing a football club the opportunity to manage a team that attracts 52,000 every week now. We'll come out of that again later on in the podcast because it's not going to be the fucking same next year. But that's where we are. We've, we've just appointed a manager that wouldn't have been given a job in the top 10 of the championship. That's, that's where we're at, really. Like, how, how has it come to this? And I, I've got to be honest with you, is, like I've been wavering on whether or not I was going to renew my season ticket this this summer. I'm on the ten year plan, so it's automatically renewed. I've paid loads for it already. But Christ, if if this is what we're looking at now, I mean, what does it spell out for the future? What where, where, where do they see this club going? And I can tell you where they see it going: thirteenth maximum, fifteenth minimum. That's what they want. They want to stay in that little bracket there because it's the minimum outlay, it's the minimum effort to get 
just enough to stay in the Premier League. That's that's literally all we're interested in, and, and the appointment of Steve Bruce epitomises that to a T. There couldn't be a more perfect appointment to epitomise the values of our club than putting Steve Bruce in this job, and it's an insult to us as a fan base that this is what we're now expected to go and support when last season we had Rafa Benitez. It's a farce. Anyone want to disagree with Michael? <laughs> don't don't all rush at once. Yeah, I mean, it's I totally I totally agree with him. It's a totally un, uninspiring appointment by Mike Ashley and Lee Charnley. I think you know on the reaction video I, I said earlier, it's it's it is a, just a return to business as usual. As Mike Ashley's Newcastle, we've had this sort of three year interlude where although he still owned the club, it's it appears to a relatively large extent, you know, Rafa has been running the football club, and this is just a a big bang. We're back. Me and Lee have got this under control, and they've gone for you know Steve Bruce, who's very much. I mean, it's it's probably doing Alan Pardew a disservice to put him in the same bracket as him, but it's that kind of appointment, isn't it? Isn't it? It's a someone who's happy just to be back in back in the big time and managing a football club, um, like like Newcastle United. So it's 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 very hard to disagree with you know Mickey's sentiments there. Um, one of the things that I sort of came across my mind when I was thinking about what we we're going to do for this podcast, and you know, Mike Ashley for for twelve years has been gambling with Newcastle fans, and it's you know I think we've said on the podcast before you, when we were growing up, nobody nobody I knew had another team shirt over than Newcastle United, like it just didn't happen. You see around Newcastle more and more that you know there's kids with Manchester City and Manchester United shirts, and we've been losing sort of the next generation of fans gradually over this last twelve year period of him in charge, and now with this sort of appointment he's gambling with the hardcore support now so allegedly you know it's about 12,000 people who've given up their season tickets um, I mean although I think it was a similar number who came back for for Rafa we've, we've lost them again and it's Mickey you know I sit with Mickey in the match I know he's a, he's a diehard fan as we're all are to be doing podcasts like this and for him to be contemplating giving up a season ticket you know it's just um, it's just you know it's, it's tragic and he's, he's gambling with the support now, I mean, how many people are going to leave and then just not come back? Is this sort of the the death of Newcastle United, slow, slow and painful under Mike Ashley now? It's you know, it's fairly, fairly tragic, I think. And Bolland, I thought you were going to be the positive one. <laughs> well, I've got, some, I've got some positive thoughts as well, but I, I wasn't going to disagree with Mickey sentiment too much. Well, uh, okay, well, fair enough. And and, and Ben, um, can you can you add a, add anything else to what the lads have said about how you feel about Steve Bruce's appointment? Um, I, I think they've covered most of it really. It's just, it it, it it's just the it's such a, just a crap appointment. Like there's there's just no excitement about it. I think, um, they had they had an opportunity. Well, they didn't really have an opportunity. I mean, how how a lot of people have said how the hell do you replace Rafa Benitez? Um, but what you certainly don't do is is go back to Steve Bruce. And I think they've. <laughs> I said it the um the other week. It's just a massive, massive lack of ambition, um, and in a wasted opportunity. Really, that okay, they they obviously they had a falling out rougher, and I think um, Ashley clearly was was offended by the way Rafa sort of expected him to, to back him and 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 put money at the club, um, <laughs> but there surely was was far far um, better opportunities to to even go for sort of an up and coming manager, someone that was looking to um, sort of cut their cloth and. And I, I don't know, just there's, 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 young, there's young managers got up and coming coming through that 
um, I think would have jumped at the chance. And there's been a few mentioned about sort of Wilder and people like that. Okay, he probably wouldn't have come, but um, and I say he's young. He's he's probably in his forties, probably the same age. Not not much younger than Bruce, but um, managers that that could have come in and and at least um, sort of shown a bit of a bit of potential. Do you know what I mean? Something that um, we're going to see something a little bit different and something that we haven't had before. Instead, we're, we're, it's just a massive, massive step back. I mean, it's like ten steps back to Steve Bruce that um, just. Was was a drop in the ocean in the championship. I mean, you wouldn't even put him if you did a ranking of, of the managers in the championship. Um, he doesn't even probably come in the top ten. And yes, he's he's, he's done an all right job turning Sheffield around. But I mean, and <laughs> sort of as Mickey alluded to earlier, you're probably going to come in and try and sort of big up the job he did there. But um, it's it's such a mental mental um, sort of league that I think you, you'll have some managers that. Um, Look, look really good at certain clubs, and then and then just absolutely fall off a cliff. Vice versa, you'll have some that really struggle and then go on great run. I mean, Bruce Bruce's tenure at Villa with a far far superior side to Chef Wed was was awful. He just couldn't get the job done, and they massively underachieved. Um, to, 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 I just to, on that point about Villa, to be fair, he took over a, a squad that was kind of all over the place. They've had high earners. There was a similar sort of situation to us when we. We went down the first time, you know, the people like Mika Richards, who they've just got off the books there, who was just apparently sitting picking up his wage, causing trouble. And he did get them to the playoff final and he was within a whisker of getting them up. And I think you've got to take into account with Villa how how much that club was in disarray when he came in and he kind of steadied the ship. He got them in the playoffs and then, and then they narrowly missed out in fairness to him. So I wouldn't... I wouldn't hang on, hang on. They had, they had, the they had by there. far and away, like they're one of the best squads in, in the league. Um, they should have gone up, and and the amount of money that they spent on it, assembling it, you talk there as if it that it's a bad thing having a high <laughs> a high wage bill. Like when it comes to ability, it's not like who who cares about how much money you pay players. You pay the the sort of you play good players a lot of money, um, and I, I just think well, he like massively they underachieved. Had a lot of ba- they had a lot of bad eggs in there. You know, it's like if we, you know, the, the likes of like Martins and that hadn't left us, and it's similar with Sunderland. You know, <laughs> they just had a lot of bad characters around the club. So we can't man and manage. That's brilliant. Score check. Um, so uh, buzzing, we've I, got him. Yeah. I, I just yeah, think I just but... I just think that, that people give him a lot of credit for for the job he's done with Chef Wed, and I just think I mean look at Neil Warnock for example managed to get Cardiff promoted in that team. Huddersfield with David Wagner got basically should have been getting relegated that season came up so I, I think it's a bit it's just s- such a mental division that you can't really judge anyone um, sort of ju- judge a, a good job well done in that division that he did an average job to get um, Chef Webb where they were okay they were they were in sort of a relegation battle when he took over but I, I don't think he um, it's it's a great job that people are going to sort of people are saying that he, he was brilliant I don't think he's done that good a job to then warrant a, a jump up to the championship, as a, to the Premiership, as, as I say, there'd be far, far uh, more worthy managers in in the championship that that would have been at least better appointments, and as I say, just some something with a bit more potential. That like he's, he's this is going to be one of his last. This is potentially going to be his last job. Um, you very rarely see managers go sort of <laughs> go down, 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 and then up in in their last job in a in a career. It's it, it just it just seems a bit mental that uh, we've, we've gone from because it's because it's totally nonsensical. <laughs> like no other club would take this punt because it's ridiculous to take a manager that's on decline and bring him back up to the top level. However, you think about it, we've done it before because we did it with Pardew. Pardew got sacked by Lego in Southampton and then was immediately 
shot into the Newcastle United job. Just wanted to point out, Ben, quickly, you, you mentioned that other managers that could have taken the job, and you correctly pointed to Chris Wilder, who, you know, Bruce wasn't even the best manager in Sheffield, let alone in, the, in that <laughs> league. And I think, not that he'll be listening, but if, if he does happen to come across this podcast, I think he'll be canny gutted to hear that you've said he's not that much younger than Steve Bruce, who's, like, <laughs> incredibly weathered. Uh, Bruce, like, is only, he's only, like, 55, isn't he, I mean? But he looks about eighty-five, doesn't he? <laughs> I mean, one of the things you've also got got to remember with Bruce is there's like obviously there's. I said on the video earlier on, you know, I, I wasn't convinced he was their first choice, not even second choice. It, allegedly, he was the eleventh choice. I mean, the job is a, it it is the poison chalice, isn't it? Literally, nobody wanted it. Bruce wasn't even on the list um, to start with, so you know, it, you can criticise Bruce at all. We could do it all day and talk about he's not that great, but he apparently is literally the only man who would take the job. <laughs> right, just a just a just a few things here to clear up. I've I've let everyone have have an extended say there and some interesting points. Michael, um, alongside Sheffield Wednesday, I'm considering my legal options for your claim at the start of the show that I was going to try and tell listeners about how all the good jobs Bruce has done. That's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> I, I, will, I will go into the jobs he's done and maybe some misconceptions, but certainly not absolutely nothing he's done in his career warrants him being given this chance at the, the 19th richest club in the world and one of the biggest clubs, in our opinion, in the Premier League. Another thing, there are seven years between Bruce and Wilder. Um, and the more relevant point there, and that is a good line about not even the best manager in Sheffield, the more relevant line is that you know, you talk about managers that could have gone for or tried to go for. I mean, remember, this is Lee Charney, you know, was in Europe for two weeks. <laughs> Lee Charney went to Europe for two weeks to get a manager and came back with Steve Bruce. Um, <laughs> I don't know how that happened. But but the, the point is that someone like Chris Wilder, and you're right, Chris Wilder, you know, even though Sheffield United have got their own ownership problems, Chris Wilder is never going to take the Newcastle United job. And I know when he was linked on social media, a lot of fans were kind of like, well, we wouldn't want him anyway, but... The thing about a Chris Wilder or a Giovanni van Bronckhorst or someone like that is that two things, they'd have been coming off successful jobs. So, okay, Steve Bruce did all right at Sheffield Wednesday, only lost three games, took them away from Miles relegation danger to the upper parts of mid-table. Um, we know what Steve Bruce can do in the Premier League. If Newcastle United had, had, had taken even a punt on an up-and-coming manager, someone who the fan base and people listening could have thought, I'd like to see where this goes. You're right, once again, they've gone back. Alan Pardew we knew what he was about in the Premier League. Sacked by West Ham, relegated with Charlton. Steve McLaren did all right at um, Middlesbrough, but we, we, kind of, we knew what he was about in the Premier League. We know that Steve Bruce has been there in the Premier League and done it and not pulled up any trees whatsoever. I think if you look at his Premier League record, one good season at Birmingham, like in fucking, you know, in, in, in when Newcastle were playing in the Champions League, the last time Steve Bruce had a good season in the Premier League, that's how long it was ago. He's got the second worst, second worst record ever for Premier League managers that have managed more than 250 games. <laughs> I yeah, I mean the stats, but it was like his win ratio was the second worst ever. I reckon it'd be Allardyce, uh, who allegedly tur- who allegedly turned them down. But my my greatest issue with this appointment, and let's let's be clear, right? You know the people saying that you know you will already start to hear it in the media about fans getting on his back and not giving him a chance. He's got a chance, regardless of what fans think. He's got a chance that the vast 
majority of the population on earth could only dream of he's been handed this chance to not just manage Newcastle United in the Premier League but be paid handsomely for it so in terms of the narrative you're going to hear about poor Steve Bruce Steve Bruce is living the life that most of us could only dream of if Steve Bruce wins football matches for Newcastle United he will be accepted and that's how it should be any manager should only be accepted if they win football matches for Newcastle United. Rafa Benitez wrote one football matches when it mattered for Newcastle United. Can Steve Bruce do the same? That That is the massive question. And if you look at his career to date, and yeah, Mickey, you are right, I think there's probably been an exaggeration on social media. A lot of people saying every club he's been at, he's been a failure. It's not true. But, you know, Steve Bruce did a really good job at Wigan between 2007 and 2009. Is it relevant? You know, when Steve Bruce was Wigan manager, I could do two nights out in a row on the drink. Uh, you know, I could, like... Lies. like lies. Yeah, that's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> on, on the waters, maybe. Uh, you know, Gordon Brown was Prime Minister. Like, it's it's not relevant to the Newcastle United job. And that's and he didn't even do that much of a, you know, brilliant job. I mean, all, all you know, when Steve Bruce was Wigan manager, Ryan Taylor was knocking in free kicks against Newcastle practically every other week. That's what it felt like. So, you know, if you're gonna, if you're Lee Charlie or you whoever appointed him, looking at these things from ancient history, like Rafa Benitez wasn't given the Newcastle manager because he got fucking Tenerife promoted in 1999. Though that is pretty much what that the, the must have looked at for Steve Bruce. And you look at jobs like Sunderland, and you look at jobs like. Hull, um, and even Villa to an extent, like you say, there are there are positives from each way. And you know, you could say Sunderland, he got them to tenth in the league. But how? Like that was we should have finished eighth that season. It was only basically Bruce has dined out on that tenth place ever since. Solomon Choi or whatever he was called, scoring a hat trick against Newcastle in the second half, got Bruce that tenth place, which is like also coincidentally Sunderland's highest finish since the Second World War, which is, says a lot about them. I think, um, you know, Hull took them up. Took them back down, took them back up and left. Villa, like you say, inherited a mess from, uh, you know, the relegation and uh, was a Dimato was in there. And and, and you're right, Bolland, he did all right to turn that round with immense backing, as Ben says. But ultimately, Dean Smith has just taken that same Villa squad up who who Bruce had near the relegation zone, and he's got them promoted in the same season. And that's that's the scary thing about this. It's I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a massive gamble and presume a lot of people listen think this won't work. But just say this doesn't work. How far are we going to be behind everybody? You know, before the club realise it, and yeah, he might prove us wrong, and he might go out there, and we might beat Arsenal on the opening day of the season, and we might be okay. But, but looking at Bruce's career today, and you know, Adam Woodrick went on Look North today, you know, True Faith getting on the BBC um, to say that Steve Bruce told Louise Taylor in two thousand and eleven that he didn't really do tactics. Now, we've seen Rafa Benitez extract every ounce of talent and ability from a limited pool of players with tactical nous. So we're going to go into Man City at home next season or Man City away without that tactical ability. And and, and where does the club go from there? You know, the, the days of getting done 6-0, 6-1, like under McLaren, who also had no tactical ability, look like they're returning. And I just can't believe that we've, we've gone from that sunny day against Fulham uh, in May to this rainy January day where Steve Bruce has been named Newcastle United manager and by the way what a what a pathetic way to get a manager out there do you know what I mean it was just a tweet article on the club website couple of quotes it was all you know the, the put more there's more there's been more effort in articles on the website about like John Joe Shelby training at the training ground by himself than there was about the the, the hiring of Newcastle United manager you know, lads, I, I want to get on to predictions about how it's going to go so we'll go we'll go in reverse order this time and, and Bolland 
if I was to say to you that, is there any chance that Steve Bruce will do a good job at Newcastle next season? And, and what would be a good job for you? Well, I think a good job for me from Steve Bruce would be just keeping us in the Premier League at this stage. I mean, Mike Ashley has run the club in a, a, a tremendously bad way for an extended period of time. And as you say, Rafa got the, every single ounce of talent out of those players. And I'd, to stay in the Premier League those years was, was a good achievement. And I think we've got to hang on to the hope that at some stage, somebody is going to come along and take the club off Mike Ashley's hands. And we've got to be in the Premier League when that happens and we've got to be within touching distance of the rest of the pack so as Mickey says you know the target might be 13th uh, to you know 15th I mean I'd, I'd take 17th now I'll be offered it to us um, and we've just got to stay in the, in that division so that when the time comes that Mike Ashley leaves and he will leave one day we're still in with a fighting chance of being competitive with the rest of the league again um, do I think Steve Bruce can do it I mean my head says no I don't really have much affiliation to him, so my heart's not saying much. There's some sort of blind faith in me that thinks he probably can keep that team in the division. I mean, there's pro- there's going to be three worse teams than us. I mean, but I don't expect Brighton to pull up any trees. I think Norwich and I think Sheffield United will pro- probably struggle. So I think he can do it. Um, I hope he does do it. And I hope, you know, I'm going to give him, I'm gonna, I gave McLaren a chance, even though I hated McLaren. I'm going to give him a, the, the same opportunity, as you say. If he starts winning games, you know, all's forgiven. Welcome home, Steve. Do you know? And I, hope, <laughs> I, 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 hope, I hope that is the case. Um, my prediction is, though, we're going to be 17th, 16th if we're lucky under him. I don't see him being able to get as much out of this team as uh, as Rafa did. And he's and the the other key thing to say is he's he's going to have to be he's going to have to be backed substantially. I mean, it looks like already they've been they're going to buy this striker Rafa didn't want for 36 million. Hopefully, he can do a job. Um, and there's got to be a few more coming to do that. Um, one of the things I hope for the season as well, just quickly, is you know I hope that the I hope the fans that do go to the games um, don't just revert back to the way it was before Rafa, where it was just like especially vicious and like little things. If Dummish gets a pass wrong, then the whole place just kicks off. Um, they've got to stay with stay with these players because the players aren't to blame. I don't think the players were sat around going, you know, I really hope Steve Bruce comes in, and they, you know. <laughs> You know, you see Jamal Lascelles' reaction to it today. It's just like, all oh, right, we've got a manager now. It's time to crack on. And I think we've got to stay behind those those lads, people like Lascelles, Hayden, and that. And we've got to, you know, keep backing them and will them to seventeenth in the Premier League, and hopefully better. Ben, your thoughts? You know, what is success for you next season, and can Bruce achieve it? Um, I, I don't think there's any opportunity for any success. I, I, I don't think I wouldn't see staying up as success. Um. And therefore, I don't think Bruce can su- uh, achieve any success. Um, if if we stay in the Premier League, that what so what? Like, what is the point? If if Mike Ashley's still going to be uh, owner of this club, and, and from all um, from from various accounts, he, he's he's an unwilling seller. Um, then it's it's just pointless. Like, uh, there's absolutely no point um, in in Newcastle wasting a spot in the Premier League. Um, stinking, stinking the division out because um, it's just, it's it's not coming to anything. What what is the end game here? Um, what would you you say that? But would you rather we did what Sunderland do and just drop down into League One and just become this just parody club that you know doesn't matter? You know, I'd much rather be in this. It's the kind of thing that Matt was just saying. It's like, oh, I'd rather be in the Premiership, <laughs> uh, losing games than being in the Championship and winning them. Like, 
it's like it's just mental. The, the idea that we'd want to drop out or not be bothered about dropping out of the Premier League is is mental. It's absolutely mental. We've, it's I, it's I, absolutely my, critical to the football club that we stay there. I I agree uh, to an extent, but my my point is is it doesn't really matter with Ashley. Like it, it, as long as Ashley's in the cl- at the club, it doesn't ma- It doesn't makes no difference what division we're in because it's it's going to be shit. There's going to be absolutely no optimism. There's no chance he's going to be um, looking to do anything that's the bare minimum. So they're they're, they're looking to buy this player. Okay, they're saying they're going to break their, their record and all the rest of it, but they'll they'll be um, it, it's it's the bare minimum. I mean, fucking hell, it's it's eleven years in in in, uh, in we've been waiting for this uh, since he's come in, um, and it's just I, I I'm at the point now. I just I don't. I'm, I've I've lost the will. Like, I, I don't think there's any there's there's nothing positive can come of this season. Strong words from Ben Mickey. Your thoughts? Uh, much in much the same as Ben's camp. To be honest, um, the the talk about Ashley and whether we're better off in this division or the division below and all that stuff is probably a question for another day. But for what I think's going to happen next season, I think we'll we'll finish bottom of the league. By some distance, um, I don't think we'll be quite as bad as your Sunderlands and your Derbys, but I think we'll be the worst team in the league next year. You have to remember this. You know, you look at this squad on paper. The core of the squad is is a good Premier League squad. We've got some good players there, but Rafa Benitez, a, a football and genius manager, along with a proven Premier League goal scorer and Perez, who have really hit form towards the end of the season, only just. You know, only just really kept us in the league. I know it was; it seemed comfortable at the end, but it wasn't comfortable all season. And save a couple of big results, it would have been really squeaky bum time towards the end of the season. You know, we're we're three or four players away from what we had then, and we've got Steve Bruce instead of instead of Rafa Benitez, and we've got three weeks. Is it three weeks? It might be three weeks minus a day until the transfer window closes, with the worst board in football in history at negotiating quick transfers. We're we're in serious serious trouble, and I don't see how we get out of it. You know, for me, we need we need six quality additions to the squad, at least to be at a, at, at the same kind of level as we were last season. Uh, six at a minimum, probably more, because of the different the disparity in the ability of Rafa and and Steve Bruce. Are we going to get six players between now and the start of the season? Absolutely, fucking no chance. We'll be lucky if we get three. So I think we'll I think we'll come bottom and I think we'll get twenty twenty to twenty two points. I, th- I think I'm going to keep back back in the players here. I think one of the things that's going to really carry us through next season is I think that group of players have actually got a really really good attitude and I think with someone like themselves, they've still got some pretty strong leadership in there and I think they've got the character that even if you know some of the things that Bruce is trying to get them to do might might end up being ridiculous and shit. I think unlike the last couple of times or well, certainly the last time we went down, I think we've got enough. Big characters in that dressing room that I think will have enough just to just to scrape by, but yeah, who knows? Maybe I'm totally. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm delusional now. The the sad thing is, and, and and I totally agree with you in the squad, but there is there is a real nucleus that Raf has brought through, either brought to the club or improved of of, of footballers that we know can can really do well at this level against the very best teams. So you look at Martin Dubravka, Fabian Scher, Florian Lejeune. Even Paul Dummett now in that third centre-back slot. Um, Isaac Hayden's performances, I know he might leave the club regardless. Um, Sean Longstaff's potential, the potential of, of, of Miguel Almiron. 
you know that that's a that's a nucleus that could be built on and and with the right management and the right kind of leadership and, and tactical ability you'd think you know what like you say uh quality additions you know that we could have we could have something there the real the real essence of a of a team for the next kind of five years in the premier league but instead I'm not thinking about those players for the minute. I'm thinking, will Rafa manage to get a tune when it really mattered out of Christian Atsu last season? Last, last season? DeAndre Yedlin looked two times the player that he was before Rafa came. Um, you know, before he was at Newcastle United and, and, and the player he was at the start. Matt Ritchie's turned into one of the best left wing backs in the league. Does Steve Bruce have the ability to, to, to get the same things out of those players? I mean, today, by the way, the 4 0 defeat the fucking Wolves. I mean, Dawson and Redfern playing four at the back. What? <laughs> What? What? <laughs> Last time we played four at the back, we got dicked three 0 by West Ham in December, um, and they've they've gone to the first game of preseason thinking we know what we'll tear. You know those lads last season, at the end of last season, who did really well in one very specific formation. No, nah, four at the back, lads. Four four two. Come on, off you I was go. Going to say they've been watching Mike Be- Bassett, haven't they, on the flight over? Yeah. <laughs> that bloody Benitez. Not only that, but he did. They did hide Jamie Sterry, who by all accounts is a nice lad and tries very hard but is literally unable to get a game at any League 1 or League 2 club he goes to and Lazar who's been made an absolute prior by Rafa <laughs> so, yeah. it was a bit of a gag defence as well well it was but you, you took I mean I'll, I'll say this for them it's not like it worked did it if, if we were sat here now and we'd done them 3-0 they would think oh fair play lads he's, he's ripped up the tactical the tactical masterclass from last season and it's worked to treat they got beat 4-0 against like the first gear from Wolves side and by the way that this whole pre-season trip by the way wow like we've gone out to play in front of practically no one uh, <laughs> no one watched on Sky um, Rob, it's Rob like if, you know in terms of Rob was there from true faith but in terms of trying to expand the brand if I'm you know if you're a local Premier League fan or, or looking to follow a team in China you look at Newcastle United thinking stay well clear of them fucking hopeless Did like all we've done is in- just did you see the difference in the receptions the teams got at the airport between us and Wolves? No. Have you seen any of the pictures of that? There was like hundreds and hundreds of fans. Or at least that's the way that's the way the picture made it look. It might not have been quite that that way, but there was. It looked like there was hundreds. Was it of was it the, the Trafalgar Square like, picks coming out again? <laughs> um, and literally nobody there for Newcastle. <laughs> the, the other thing they did was quite good. You see, they did their strip unveiling in like set up like a Wolves shop and all that out there, like way to like actually show off your brand. Whereas yeah. we've gone with. Uh, yeah, with, nothing. With, with nothing. <laughs> I just, I just, I just like the fact that that basically all that will have happened is like Neil Redfern's probably sweated out like half his body weight because it's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, like the lads have come back and they're all like three stone lighter. Um, yeah, I don't even know where to start, man. So we're not, we're not even going to Newcastle's preseason preparation so far. But Steve, Steve Bruce is the manager, and as you say, Mickey, I haven't read some of the media coverage and listened to some of his pals, and he has a lot of pals talk him up in the media I've kind of gone through a lot of the pros that they've given us about Steve Bruce and why he should be a good um, you know Newcastle United manager and then I've thought of some cons and I've done the fight the vice versa so jump in lads if you disagree with anything I say so according to Steve Bruce's pals in the media pro he's a local lad hasn't lived in Newcastle I'll, for most of his life <laughs> I'll say con doesn't matter <laughs> straight <laughs> off the bat it, it, it has how, how did that be it where you were born yeah, when John Carver was here, Ward where John. you were born in the pre- where you were born has literally no correlation to how good you are a Premier League manager. So I'll have to strike that one off. I'm sorry, Shola. 
Um, the, lo- the local lad thing as well only works if you actually give a, like, a toss about where you come from and don't yeah. manage like, your biggest rivals. He's a bit like Sting of the football world, isn't he? Like, he's, just, he's just been a bit of a twat since he left. <laughs> yeah. Poor Sting. Pro, 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 apparently, pro. He's a safe pair of hands. Con, there is absolutely no evidence of that whatsoever <laughs> from any of his previous jobs. Yeah, this this safe pa- pair of hands. I bet Hull thought he was a safe pair of hands when he walked out on them like two weeks before the season started, <laughs> a couple of years ago. Like, I bet I bet Birmingham thought he was a safe pair of hands. Sheffield Wednesday, uh, sorry, Sheffield Wednesday thought he was a safe pair of hands before he just fucked them off. Like, it's just bollocks, really. It's it's just a line that people have come out with. I don't know what is safe about this appointment whatsoever. You know what would have been? You know, you know, you know whose hands the club would have been safest in? Rafa Benitez. Who'd already like knew the squad, worked miracles, done a really good job. That's a safe pair of hands. To intimate that he's a safe pair of hands um, is is bollocks. Another another one I've heard. Another pro is: Will the club needs a manager? True, that that is true. The club needs a manager, but con. Like why why don't we just get a different one? <laughs> why do I have to have Steve Bruce? <laughs> like, well, I, I reckon this eleventh place pattern, which I don't really believe. It's probably come from someone like from within the club, like trying to kind of like give Brucey a boost. Like, well, he's done my favour by coming in because there was literally no one else would take it. It's like that, however. Like, go like go and get go and get someone decent from from the Championship or League One who's actually done a good job. David Wagner, I don't know if he's got a job or not, but like at least someone who's had some footballing success in in the past kind of five years, you'd think, you know what, fair enough. But this idea, like, like will the club need a manager? It, it's almost through the looking glass stuff, like as if as has, if that's a proof, like has, a, has, in has, the tick column for Steve Bruce. Well, the club needed a manager. Has he actually come in as manager as well, or is he a head coach? Head coach. Yeah. So he's not even managed. He's not <laughs> exactly. even got the title of manager. To sort of that, it's like undermining the fact that they don't. He's not that safe a pair of hands that they trust him to actually sort of run run an element of the the football and squad or anything. It's literally you hate to train them, which apparently he doesn't do. Another another supposed pro. The players will the players will really like him. The players will really want to play for him. And like number one, I've heard that's allegedly because his teams like don't do any fitness work and are all really unfit and concede loads of late goals. And like literally every player who played in Rafa Benitez constantly bigged him up and talked him up. Even those not on the team would constantly talk about the importance of him, how much they enjoyed training, how much they enjoyed playing for Newcastle United. This the players all like playing for him. So what, what like. At the very, very least, that's not a pro. That's not a positive because we've already got that. And, and you could even look at it and say, well, why, why did why the players love playing for him even when they do shit? Like at Villa, or like all the players were good when he got sacked at Villa. Why? They were like nearly in the relegation zone, getting beat every week in the championship. What kind of players enjoy that environment? Weirdos. So I don't know. I, I'm, trying, I'm trying to find <laughs> positives. I'm trying to be open-minded. And you know what? It's up to him to change our mind. When you say I'll oh, give him a chance, when he's got, like I said earlier in the podcast, he's got a chance. Like we don't decide who gets a chance and who doesn't. Steve Bruce goes out and wins loads of games as Newcastle manager. Fucking brilliant! Like brilliant, right? Okay, proved wrong. Hands up. You know, fair enough, mate. Like you, you proved all wrong. We'll never do podcasts again or something. Whatever he wants, I doubt he wants that. But if he does, you know, we will do whatever we can to apologise if he fucking gets Newcastle to six next season or wins a cup or does far, you know, far, you know. Not as grand things, but does what everyone listening would consider a good job. Happily be proved wrong. We don't want to be proved right. No one listening to this thing is hoping Castle get beat every game. Well, I think some people might be listening to that actually these days because people are saying that that's the only way to get Ashley out. But 
he that it is in his hands it's not in our hands and that's that's what frustrates me with this media coverage a little bit it's in steve bruce's hands to sort this shit out and he's got a massive job on his hands a massive job and every time I, every time i try and think myself well you know to give some credit to the club at least they might have thought this or this or this there isn't one there isn't a single reason i can think that 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 is that is sensible for this appointment and all uh, that can do is prove we're wrong it, it's he's, it's on the cheap as well apparently he's on like 20 grand a week or something ridiculous it'll be it's bonus just, mate it'll be that's, that's the actual way isn't it's it it's just a cheap it's just on the cheap just you've gone from Rafa who's probably getting 6 million a year yeah to, to, to that basically and it's like they've probably put it to him as well as it's like oh you'll do us a favour we'll do you one like this will be good for your career and stuff <laughs> Yeah, can I, I just before I come back to you, lads, really quickly, I just want to point out, you know, we are trying to give him a fair crack of the whip here, as I'm sure a lot of fans are, and we will, would be, he'll be judged on results. But there's, there's been a lot of bollocks spoken about the, the way he's treated Sheffield Wednesday. And I don't agree. I disagree with any of that. First of all, it's football. You know, Rafa Benitez says to loads of people, he said to the media, he said it to me, football is a lie. Like, Steve Bruce walking out on Sheffield Wednesday and Sheffield Wednesday getting compensation, it's just, it just fucking happens, it's football. This idea that he was given compassionate leave, um, they basically came to him and said, Steve, will you take this job because we're shite? And he was like, like no, I'm on holiday with my family. You'd have to wait or, or point someone else. And they were like, all right, we'll wait. It's not Steve Bruce's fault. Like, insane, he's treated Chef Wed a certain way. Like and 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 to that compassionate leave shouldn't shouldn't be like you know, like it's 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 normal if if you lose people in your life to 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 have that you know you shouldn't be held to account for it or held to a different standard than other football managers. Um, so I just had to get off my chest because I've you know said me piece on him this podcast and what I think and, and the appointment, but ultimately he, he shouldn't be crucified for those kind of things. There's enough to go on from the actual appointment and his football manager career to date. We don't need to start inventing shit, um, lads. You know you, you've kind of talked about what what you think um, success looks like next season or, or what you think he'll achieve. How do you how do you all think that Bruce? Will will manage expectation and manage the criticism because when I look at his time when he struggled Sunland and Villa in particular, I think he became very thin skinned very quickly, uh, and he turned you know the fans turned on him and he turned on the fans. Mickey, you've if you got any confidence in him to try and work with the Newcastle fan base and understand where they're coming from and manage their expectation upwards, or do you think it's just going to be a total car crash from the start? <sighs> I wish I could say that I did, but no, I think it's I think it's going to be an absolute catastrophe from day one. I, I suppose they think he'll arrive in China tomorrow. The the club have said I don't know whether it's officially or unofficially, but the club have said that he's not going to do any press until they get back, um, which is weird because he's a he's a he's a new manager on a pre season tour, which is literally just so you can get exposure, and they're not going to put him <laughs> in front of the press like it's mental. But Newcastle United, you know, nothing surprises me anymore. I think it's going to be terrible from day one. I don't want it to be, as you say. I, I, like, no one would be happier than me than if Steve Bruce got wood in a decent position next year. Now, like saying that we could finish sixth or going to go cup runs, ridiculous. Of course, we can't do that. But if if we were to finish twelfth next year and not be flirt, really flirting relegation zone, that's that would be really positive. But it's not going to happen. I can't say anything else because it's we're too fucking shit. It's pointless. It's it's mental. Like ben. it is just that. Make his point there on the the media, like it, he's he's the perfect actually appointment. And he just won't won't talk to the media, won't talk to the fans. Um, it's like the anti-Rafa, like when Rafa came in, 
like he, he couldn't you couldn't keep him out of the news or like well not out of the news but he, he was doing a lot of positive things sort of uh, in the community and he was sort of trying to get himself um sort of settled into to the area and, and doing a lot of lot of positive work um and i just i don't know i just i can't see bruce coming in and doing and putting in that much effort um and I just think I don't know. I, I don't think he even really cares. But I mean, he says he's a local lad, but I, I can't see that they're, they're <laughs> going to be pushing that sort of agenda um, anywhere near as much as Rafa did. And um, just I, I think uh, I, I think the, the the fact that, as you say, he's not even doing any of the media and stuff. And um, I, I just think I can't I can't see that there's going to be any positives. Just coming back to sort of your initial question as well, um, like. <laughs> The, the fans aren't are going to be against him from from the off, um, and I can't. I just can't see that it's that there's going to be any sort of positives. I think, as you say, he's not going to react very well to the fact that he's being shunned by what he classes as his own, and I can't. I, I just don't think that he's um, it, he's got. It, he's, he's old school. He's, he's not going to sort of um, be able to ignore that. I think he's, uh, he's he's going to sort of bite to it and. It's just it, I can't see any positives coming coming of it. it, it he's going to be up against it. He's I, I mean, do, do you know what? I'll, I'll be surprised if he's still here at the end of the season. I'm with you, Ben. I think he won't be either. Bollins. I think one of the things that people have said about Bruce, and you can sort of, you can, I can sort of see this when you look at some interviews he gives, is you know he's quite good at winning people around and he's quite a likable guy, and I think he he, he seems to he wears his, his heart on his sleeve, which is going to appeal to. You know, a lot of Geordies, I think they'll get a bit of passion from him to start with. Um, but with that, I think you're right, Alex. You know, with him being a bit like that, I think if, if he goes on a bad run and the, the fans really get to him, I think he's he seems he comes across as quite an emotional guy, and I can probably see that getting getting on top of him. Whether he's got the the you know the mentality to to cope with that, I think you're right to have to to flag it because I'm not sure that he does. If he gets off to a relatively decent start, though, I think he he's probably got it about him. On the flip side, though, to turn people, turn people around and get people on side, because as I say, I think you know, I think people do like the fact that he has he does wear his heart on his sleeve a little bit, and um, his heart on his Steve. Yeah, heart on his Steve. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and I think it's one of them, and I think he he's got the sort of. I don't know. He seems to be like he's got a bit of a, he can have a bit of a gentle demeanour about him as well. I think he's got it in him to turn people around, but he needs he needs results. Um, it could it could uh, with the type of guy he seems to be. I think it could swim drastically either way. Um, if things go well, I think it'll be it'll be good for him. If it goes badly, I think it'll be really really bad for him. You know what? It would be nice to see. Like, it would be nice to see our manager like celebrating goals properly on the sideline. That's the one thing. The one thing that I that I didn't didn't particularly like about Rafa was how calm he was at goals because goals are fucking class. Like scoring goals are mint. <laughs> and I want him, I like I'd like to see Bruce go mental, but we're not going to score. We haven't got any strikers, and we've got no, we're not going to play with any tactics, so we're not going to score next week. <laughs> um, uh, I disagree with you, Mickey, there because that time when Rafa celebrated Dwight's. Uh, Patrick goal against Norwich in the four three. It made it even. It made him even more special because he doesn't normally celebrate. <laughs> um, Bruce has done some hilarious celebrations. He does this kind of like three sixty twirl. Some it's it's weird. I'll try and get a, a video online at some point. But I he he he, he does go over the top of the goal celebrations. But like you say, I mean that's our problem. That was our problem last season in under Rafa. Again, no blame on Rafa because he he had the resu- the resources that he did, but. We were very good defensively. We didn't score goals. 
we didn't really create chances um, very often. And Bruce has got to change that whilst man- maintaining the excellent defence. Uh, it's almost the impossible job. The signing of this Joe Linton today, if that's how you say it, um, sounds very like Joe Linton from like Cromlinton, doesn't it? But uh, he's not from he's not from Cromlinton. Um, like that, you know, the, the fact that the club are willing to spend big money. I know some people are kicking off about it, and but like, it, it it is like it's it's a positive. I'd rather they spend forty million on players than didn't. It makes all the more frustrating that Rafa um, didn't get those kind of resources to use, but. You look at Steve Bruce and you think, is he going to be able to manoeuvre things as well as Rafa did? You know, Rafa reportedly, you know, basically told him in January, I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm resigning unless you, unless you get Almiron in, and and that changed our season. I think if Almiron doesn't come in uh, at the end of last season, we'll, we'll potentially get relegated, or it's at least a lot, lot closer than it was. Is is Steve Bruce going to have to do a John Carver when John Carver came in a few years ago when they were basically like, now nah, we're tenth, we've got the money to spend, but we're just going to not. Um, you know, is Steve Bruce the kind of manager to be able to to, to say to Lee Charlie, well, I'm sorry, that's not good enough. I can't manage in these circumstances. But I suppose I'm just getting into all sorts of things now, which we, we couldn't def- definitively know the answer on. Uh, I know that all of you lads are, are highly unhappy about the appointment, and I know that everyone listening. In fact, I, in fact, I haven't met a single Newcastle fan I know, and I know quite a few, as I'm sure everyone listening does, that is remotely positive about this appointment. I haven't met one of any of you lads. Nah. No. So if you run the club and you come, you can you could make this appointment. Bear, bear in mind, we've heard from the club four times this summer. Four times. Number one, <laughs> the new strips out. It's the most expensive in the Premier League. Number two, your season tickets are going up by as much as ten percent for those not on long term deals. Uh, number three, Rafa's left. Number four, here's Steve Bruce. Like I don't know what I don't know what the the people who run the club. I don't know what they had in their minds for what this summer would look like. But it would be pretty sadistic if they thought it would look like this. Like, you know what? You know that the new strip. They probably, you know, with the kit supplier, they probably thought, right, we'll sell this many, we'll do this. Like, I haven't, I haven't seen a single person wearing the new kit, not one, apart from the lads on the pitch today in China. <laughs> like, that's it. Apart from the first team, I've not seen a single person on the time time wearing it. Sales of it must be disastrous. Season ticket sales must be disastrous. Like club merchandise, much be disastrous. Like, how can the people who run the club continue to justify these justify these actions to to not just the supporters because they don't even try, but themselves and think we're doing a good job here? But I'm just being miserable and negative now, so I think we'll call it there, lads. Uh, really appreciate your time uh, on this special day. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Where we are at TFNUFC on Facebook and Twitter, and uh, we'll be back probably with a free podcast with a great big season preview in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, so thanks for listening. Cheers to you, so lads. That, Speak to us all soon. That's going to be a brutal, brutal recording. That, like, we'll, see how many, we'll see how many of these six players were signed. <laughs> I was going to say, it'll not be two hours at least. Yeah. I <laughs> all right, they normally are. Right, thanks for listening to that. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. 
Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.